When I was a young man at university, or as we call it in America, college, I took various accounting classes. I was a B-plus student, so I certainly didn't master the subject, but we did spend a lot of time talking about bonds, which superficially are just contracts or instruments in which one party agrees to pay another party fixed amounts of income over a time horizon of some kind. And yet, at the level of the bond market, it is as inscrutable as the ocean. And yet, it governs everything. This week, the 10-year Treasury yield surged 2.5%, but the equity market didn't seem to care. Is that a good or a bad sign? If you believe Jim Bianco, the bond market has figured something out that the equity market hasn't, and more pain is coming. Well, I don't know my left hand from my right hand, but I think I can say that volatility will continue, and if Thomas Thornton is right, the only way to try to even get lucky in this market is to focus on the tactical short-term trade, because answers ye shall not find. As ever, we are not professionals. This is not investment advice. We know what, not what we do. Please don't listen to us, but please do enjoy this episode of Degenerate Business School. Here's where we're at. Listen to this guy, Thomas Thornton. You, you follow Thomas Thornton on Twitter, James? Mm-mm. He's good. I, actually, I think, Robert, you might like him, too, because he... Uh, He's just a technician. He's a trader technician. His thing is the DeMarc indicator. Robert, are you familiar with this? Uh, no, no. Well, you know, it's, it's like a, I think it's a more advanced version of RSI or MACD. It's a momentum indicator one way or the other. But the point he was making is that uh, this whole year, in his view, is kind of just... You have to get hyper tactical if you want to make money. Like nothing is certain, and you kind of just have to trade in the short term and squeeze little bits of money out of these chart patterns. It feels like he's probably right. Cause I look at, uh, so let's start with the NASDAQ. I didn't send you any charts, but uh, I ran out of time. Start with the NASDAQ, cause it was up on the week, technically, yes. Uh, so is the S&P. But if you look at the NASDAQ over the last year, most recently we touched 13,000, give or take. And that's basically, that was the support level from more or less last May. We kind of like retrace right to that support level, which launched in this like technical pattern, like a, a short-term bullish move, but the NASDAQ failed to make a higher high. So if you actually look at the, if you look at the short-term trading highs going back to the beginning of the year, it's still struggling to get to a higher high. 
So I think in overall, it's still rolling over. And where is it most likely to go from here, tactically speaking, is a, probably another volatile move lower. It's super choppy, super volatile. And this was kind of like an attempt to bounce off that support, but we didn't, we didn't break any near-term resistance. So I think NASDAQ going back down to the 13,000 level or thereabouts from here feels about right. And thus, this thus, I took out a position on SQQ yesterday. So I'm trading that sideways pattern that way. And the NASDAQ is kind of is kind of driving uh, the S&P, obviously. Do you see it? Do you see it the same way? This this like this weekly balance is kind of it's kind of meaningless in in the long view. It's more just like we're in this big sideways chop or at the top edge of it. Yeah. So the the way that I mean the best way I've heard it described was uh, that I'm a fully invested bear. Yeah. Like th there's no conviction behind these moves, but I'm going to play them anyway. Exactly. I'm just going full Carter. Yeah. So as I'm looking at this chart, I agree that it, I, I agree that we're going lower, but I would think we're probably going lower. I mean, we have a couple more days of 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 a move up. Like I would I would think this bounces another like three to four hundred points higher before a pullback. Yeah, it could top out at say fifteen above fifteen thousand. Like where yeah. It yeah, so so I, I agree with your narrative. I think the problem with that is the S triple Q. It, it only takes one strong update for for it to wipe out any gains you have. Because I've yeah. played I've played that myself. Where the Nasdaq is very clearly going lower, but this S triple Q thing is not playing out. Yeah, you, it, it good. It's a good point. You kind of you need you need the the sh a sharp move low, very compressed. Sharp move, consecutive days, hopefully. Yeah. So, but but I do agree that uh, there there doesn't appear to be a whole lot of uh, conviction behind any of these moves. I am invested, but everything is hedged. Yeah, this is all. You know, if if the mega trend is to be long equities over a big time horizon, but right now the the play is small hedges. Now. The other one, by the way, James, another another guy on Twitter, so you know it's good. Also did short IWM, so mm. it's a good move by you. If that well, TCA is actually a lot better than than, than the S and P. <laughs> <In that way. laughs> now, here's the other thing, though. It appears in the short term that the Nasdaq is ignoring the action in the bond market because rates are ripping higher, right? So like th this week, rates ripped higher. It didn't like trigger downward pressure in the NASDAQ where you're like discounting future cash flows more. So we're in this, this window of time where the equity market appears to be ignoring the action of the bond market. Bond market is throwing a tantrum of a kind, trying to figure out from what I read, what like the terminal federal funds rate is going to be. That's what the struggle of the bond market was this week. So now we get into Robert. We're in bond land. We know nothing, but we are looking at charts. 
And uh, I have been beguiled into the camp. I sent you this tweet of basically there's this super long multi-decade channel for bond yields and they always go lower over time. Artifact of disinflation, demographics, who knows? Don't understand. But the, the long-term trend for bond yields is down and to the right. Uh, and they're now, you know, they're negative in Europe, they're negative in Japan. In the United States, they haven't gotten negative yet, but all else equal, they would get negative because of demographics. But now we are in a short-term environment where inflation is going through the roof. Uh, the Federal Reserve is tightening. So rates have really run up and they're actually like two standard deviations above this long-term channel. Uh, and again, this will play out over, I don't know, the next week, but over the next few months that at least this is the position I'm taking that it will mean revert. And that at least in a short term view, rates will go lower and then bounce higher again to the end of the year. Another narrative behind this would be that bond prices have gone down so much that anyone managing a 60, 40 portfolio at the end of the quarter is going to have to buy more bonds to re reallocate and top up to 40%. And that's going to put pressure uh, down on rates and will create like a very short-term bullish bounce for bonds. Now, the problem is I took out this trade a couple of days ago and I'm currently getting slaughtered. Robert, you went the opposite way. So you're winning right now. You're just betting on, yeah, this shit's going to move higher. But I think it's it moves so much today that you're already going to get out of your your call option on yields, right? Basically. Yeah, so I, I'm looking at the same chart as you on the 10-year note, and I agree that it, it's it's way overstretched. Uh, so not only was I getting out because, I mean, I, I already made my money. Mind you, right. the, trade, the trade did not go through, but... <laughs> but it should have. It, it, yeah. It I mean, should have. Unfortunately, unfortunately, something like this has very low volume, so the bid-ask spreads are pretty wide. Um, so it didn't go through, but yeah, not only was I trying to get out because I'd already made my money, but this chart does look like it's, it's overstretched and it, it does need to come back down. Uh, I, I mean, the, the two and a half percent point was generally thought to be a point of resistance anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, that along with the narrative of having to rebalance because of such a move, it, it makes sense to me. And, and mind you, when I went, when I went, when I bought calls on the TYO, which was uh, triple leverage short 10 year. Yeah. That was always intended to be a short term. Because I, right. I, I do agree with the narrative over the long term that they have to go lower. That's right. Yeah, I'm kind of like, my philosophy, Jameth, is so maybe tactically SPXS hasn't been the best, to your point. <laughs> but Re relatively small hedge positions that are short the indices, SPXS, S triple Q, or uh, TZA. What's short Russell? I always forget. Yeah, TZA. TZA, and then long bonds being these are all kind of like just hitting the fan, flight to safety, classic flight to safety hedges. And it's kind of like the the other thing that I think is interesting. What I don't know what you think of this. It's been said by others that I'm regurgitating. 
that the credit markets or the bond market will lead the equity markets. And the bond markets are essentially saying that, well, first of all, they're trying to reckon with Fed policy ultimately. Like massive inflation is priced in, the yield curve is close to inverting, which generally presages a recession. And the other thing that equities haven't necessarily priced in is probably there's going to be corporate earnings pressure because of inflation, like OPEX is going to go up. Uh, we're also like, we have uh, tough year over year comparisons for certain sectors. So that there's a setup that still hasn't happened where basically the credit market is ahead of the equity market and the equity market's going to take a shit soon enough here. And that might be when quantitative tightening actually like begins in earnest. So I'm just defensive, man. Defensive. Yeah. I mean, with, with the rates, it's real rates are still negative. And I think it's, it, it's feels like it's the 10 year kind of catching up to, 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 to the real rates. And so, you know, I guess right now we're in a little bit of a risk on, or maybe it's not even risk on. It's just like the flight to safety is now the S and P in large caps, mm. and so it's driving up everything. And then you know, no one really knows where real rates are going to land, and so this is kind of this volatility that we get, um, you know. And, and I think corporate earnings usually are bullish. I think like corporations like really kind of know how to navigate through inflation. But who knows? This is really a wild card. This 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 round. It's going to be really interesting in April, but. Um, and then you also have the jobs report coming up. So if there's like weakness there, there's like that recession fear and yield curve inversion and all that. So there's a lot going on, I guess, to really make sense out of. And I'm not sure if it's the credit market has it right or is it the or equity market. I think it's more like they, they move in lockstep. And I think it's uh, everyone's kind of piling in equities now, I think, just because it's a risk off play. Well, the so, other... Yeah, the other thing with earnings that's gonna gonna happen is so ExxonMobil is gonna have their earnings call and they're just gonna be like, you know, like printing money like DJ Khaled and therefore guidance is gonna be just delightful. But a lot of companies, therefore guidance is gonna be like, nah, I don't know. I don't know. Like that's because no one can navigate navigate the next 12 months. And like once you have a few bad surprises and then the forward guidance for a lot of companies will just be like, we have no fucking idea that will, mm. that might be a catalyst. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Fertilizer. They're going to be like, we are going to make it rain for the next 10 years. Fertilizer. We got this, <laughs> but I don't know. Facebook, you're gonna have another battery. It's called probably. <laughs> Yeah. yeah but so so because I like to make money being a contrarian, the second that fertilizer says we're gonna make it rain for the next 10 years, you go short. Yeah, hundred percent you go short. Well that's that's the thing. I have like I wanna touch commodities more, but I just I know like I'm I'm always gonna be I don't have well first of all I don't have edge on anything, but there's no fucking way I'm gonna have any like I'm not gonna be able to stay a step ahead on commodities right whether it's oil however you get exposure to that wheat gold 
there's a lot of bullish sentiment still on gold. It still hasn't really breaking, broken out anywhere because people are calling James for the collapse of the current monetary paradigm. But uh, we, we've had a, a history of success with uh, cute ticker symbols. Might I suggest to you, Moo? <laughs> Moo, M-O-O? Yeah. Is that milk? It's uh, agro-business. Oh, let's, I'm pulling it up. Let's pull it up. Let's pull up the charts. What, is it, what does it look like? Is there something, is there something to like in it? Okay. I mean, it, it's, it's agriculture, tractor supply, uh, deer, bear, bunch of uh, Archer Daniels Midland, a bunch of uh, agro stuff. Okay, so it's up. It's having, it's having quite a run, up 11% in the past month. I'd like, don't, wouldn't you like to see a little bit of a pullback though? Just a touch. It's, yeah. It's had a bit of a parabolic run up over the last few weeks. But I like it. I like it. Well, all right. So short, let's say short the indices, defensive maneuver. Uh, long bonds, maybe, TLT, TMF. Thankfully, the, uh, the sector that was in the wilderness, Bitcoin and Ethereum, is this, is this it? Are we finally breaking out? Bitcoin is at 45 Gs almost, and Ethereum's almost at like above 3,100. Uh, none of this is significant, by the way. Bitcoin is not significant to the upside unless it breaks like 46 and Ethereum, I think is probably like 3,200 at least you'd want to see probably higher 3,400. But there are two narratives this week in crypto. Well, the, the one that's been afoot James is how do you characterize it? The merge? Yeah. I guess the, the proof of stake. Yeah. The 2.0 merge. 2.0 from going from proof of work to proof of stake. Uh, that's one kind of bullish marker that's out there. Uh, that's supposed to be sometime in the second quarter. June is the latest I've heard, but I'm not sure. It yeah, could be summertime. I hope it's a little later. Yeah. And, time to... and, and hopefully it's not a merge that leads to just like, you know, like a uh, Ethereum accidentally shutting down. That wouldn't be good. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Vitalik, Vitalik seems like the real deal. So he's not going to happen. And then this week, uh, Luna, which is a, essentially an interoperability stablecoin project to the extent that I understand it. It's one of the hot layer ones, along with Solana and Avalanche. You're welcome, Robert. Getting you into Avalanche at the absolute peak. But they announced that they're essentially, as part of their protocol, they're going to algorithmically buy a lot of Bitcoin as their collateral for this entire Luna ecosystem. So I feel like that's the that was the catalyst this week. As much as much as people like to force fit the, well, Bitcoin's finally breaking out because of Ukraine. I mean. There's like adoption is up in Ukraine and Russia, but it's really like inside baseball catalysts. Like Luna's going to buy $3 billion worth of Bitcoin and put it on its project the way like 
Michael Saylor puts it in his treasury. So we'll see. We'll see. It's not. It's nice though that uh, that uh, crypto is not completely left for dead. That data. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just ride it. Yeah. No, I, I'm on board. I finally got like a halfway decent jump on on my crypto after like a sixty percent collapse. So. <laughs> Now, having said that, having said that, I just talked about how the, the the weekly increase in the NASDAQ was meaningless. And technically speaking, it's equally as meaningless on the ETH and, and Bitcoin charts. So it could just be, you know, we hit some near-term resistance and it'll oscillate back down. Yeah, but I mean, for me, the, the, the biggest thing is that the crypto in my Coinbase isn't Bitcoin and ETH. That's that's only in my 401k. So I have nothing but a bunch of uh, <laughs> dog shit in my Coinbase and signs of life too. So not all bad. <laughs> Interestingly, though, I, the one the one altcoin that's hot that I don't have any of is Luna. I feel like I should get some, but I have to. Then I have to get another crypto account. It's like the one thing you can't buy. Coinbase, which is annoying. Yeah, and every time I see something that shoots up like ten thousand percent, no, no, I, I, yeah, I'm always wondering like how are people getting into this? Because most of the time you have to jump through a lot of hoops to find this, and just it hardly seems worth it, especially after the move. It's a casino, and and to your point, I've learned that like if I'm finding out about it, it means we're right at the top. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'll I'll buy some if there's you know a proper pullback, but I won't I won't jump in. Plus, I have plenty of exposure to boner coins, and they're all 100% correlated. So, yeah, but yeah, it's better than it was. So I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, listen, I listen. I'm not I'm not comfortable. No one's comfortable, but this is your this is your moment, man. Surfing, just surfing yeah. on patterns. Yeah, this is your. No, it's 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 great. Um, unfortunately, it took me a while to recognize that this was the environment we'd be in. But now that we're here, like th- things are working out. It was a rough ri- it was a rough ride to get here, but uh, yeah, no, things are good. The trading, the trading, like if you follow, if you follow the momentum where it is, as long as you don't get greedy, you can, uh, you can make some money here. Yeah, I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to surf. I think, like, I think that uh, this way, you're in a, you're a professional level surfer. I'm gonna learn to paddle out, and hopefully by the end of the year, I will be standing on the surfboard and not drowning underwater. I mean, given, given the start of the year that we've had i'd say that's not not a bad move <laughs> yeah all right quick quick sidebar yeah. since i've been on pto for the last two weeks i've been i've been racing the horses again oh tell me uh and they've been doing a bunch of tournaments so robert dinero did a tournament yesterday he got he's got his ass beat <laughs> he qualified for another one today and I feel, I feel good about this one and there's like a lot of money behind these things so 
When, when's the, it's today? So qualifying ends in like 30 minutes and then there's some races that are happening. But yeah, there's basically he's been, I've been like figuring this out. Hey buddy, hey, hey. Yeah, I've been figuring this out and uh, he might actually make me some money soon. So it's great. Send me the race link. All right. I'll send it to you when it, when it goes live. Robert De Niro is back. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to need that. We're going to need that workhorse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's got he's to start uh, pulling his weight around here. That's right. All right, dude. All right, see ya. See ya.